Hey, hey, check it out. Last night, last night, first night of uh, Nightmare, which is their biggest outreach of the year, uh, probably over 200,000 people so far in, in the history of their church have been brought to Jesus through the Nightmare. Last night, what was it, 1,100? 1,285. 1,285 salvations last night. Yeah. And, you, you, and the part of this that's amazing to me is, uh, you know, dude, I, see, I love winning souls. Love it. But the fact is, is that he could be, you know, that's, that's a big event for them. But he's not there. He's here. He's here with us. And, and I, I'm just going to be pastoral for just a minute. He's here with us, for some of you guys, who won't even stand. He left his home and his, his mission to help you with yours. I think you had a welcoming... Hey, before you're seated, 25,000 people on the average get saved every day globally. That means about 4.2% of the people that got saved globally got saved in an old warehouse right in the middle of Tulsa in the parking lot of Guts Church. Just think what God could do here. Just think about the man of God of this house calling for a four or five day revival. What if it was that? What if he gets what he says? You got people that are heavy on your heart. You have family and friends and people. They could be anywhere in the country and God could get them here for that week and change their lives forever. Do you have anybody like that? Anybody that you're you got to, you, I mean, you got to, see, you have to take the initiative. You, this has got to be real to you. See, and here's the, the, the message today changed during that fellow with the plaid shirt um, that's, that sang that song. And um, it started where I was thinking, huh, I wonder if he could pull this song off. You know, because I don't know him, you know, and he's, he's starting to roll. And then, my goodness, the Spirit of God just... It's like, shoot, it was hard to breathe. And, um, and, and God flipped things in my heart. So I left my iPad and my notes somewhere. You can have them if I leave without them. But uh, God wants to do something specific for every person in this room that has ears to hear. So that's all that's required today is you just uh, say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get what, what I'm supposed to get today. <clears throat> and it's important for you. Because I've been thinking about you a lot the last, since last night. I mean, it's like, he's 23, right? Is that right? Is that what you said? He's 22. You said 23 last night. No, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. You married a guy that has to do the math to say how old he is. But God's not finished with him, huh? But, you know, just that little exchange we had last night. And probably, you asked Sandy, too. It's for, so you've been on her heart, I'm sure, too, you two guys. Because are you full grown? Is that it? 
Well, you know. It's 2016. Any, look, anything works. Um, I've become mainstream. That's how weird this whole thing's become. Um, but God's doing something in you right now that you have to get on track. You can't be the way you were. You, God's doing something new. You opened your mouth last night. As, as close as you can s- come to saying yes to a question you did, where you said, well, I think so, or I believe so. Isn't that how you answered it? I think so. <laughs> That's a game changer. Now you're like, shoot, what have I done? Because your words have power. See, I, can it, do you mind if I share it with everybody? Well, I'm going to anyway. <laughs> it's kind of a rhetorical question. You're really out of the equation now. It's all... Um, but I asked him, I said, is there a church in you? Here, come up here with me. Bring your chair up here. Just bring your chair up here and sit down up here with me, okay? But, um, um, yeah, make yourself at home. Um, I asked him last night, I said, how old are you? And he told me 23. So um, he didn't really, that wasn't full disclosure because this morning he, he's 22. So maybe that works for me too. Ask me how old I am. 35. How about that? We're just making up numbers. I'm 35 today. <laughs> you look terrible for 35. Um, but uh, I asked him if there's a church in him. And now you look at him, and it's like, well, I'm trying to see it. Here, let me get it from a different angle. Let me see it. But you look at him different now, don't you? Because last night I said, Do you, is there a church in you? And you know what he said? I think so. It's like, oh my gosh. Now it's on. You know what I'm saying? Because the enemy is going to try to immediately steal the seed in his life. See, his word, God's word in our lives is seed. And that's the future of our lives is there's, there's seed. And you know, what's interesting is if, if, if I had more time and I wasn't flying out right after the service um, to go home to my grandbaby. Um, did I tell you I had a grandbaby? Um, her name's Charleston Jane. She's amazing. She's, she's kind of crawling now. Okay, but it's kind of army style crawling, but, um, and she loves to FaceTime and I think I'm her favorite FaceTiming, but Sandy's here. So I don't know, maybe it's neck and neck, maybe, I don't know, but, um, but if I had more time and I said, okay, if there's a church in you, um, how full would the stage be of guys that are going to sit up here with me and be in the chairs, you know? Because this isn't TBN with, you know, with the big macrame, big gold chairs, and you sit up in No, this is just every ordinary day, just church chair, right? Nothing special chair for a really nothing special guy, except he answered a question last night at a meeting, innocently. And he, what happened is, is his future just extended and broadened and, and, and strengthened. I mean, everything, it's like, oh my gosh. And I'm, I'm thinking last night, I'm, I'm thinking about him. He's on my heart. I'm thinking, he doesn't know what's going to hit him. There's a church in him. I mean, you look at him now, you kind of start to see it, can't you? I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, this could be real. High five somebody and have a seat. But uh, no, no, you're good. Okay, um, I, I want to I help you get lucky today, all right? And, um, 
And you know, it, it's funny because, um, you know, we Christians, some, how many of you guys were Christians like in the 80s? Can I see your hands? Christians in the 80s. Okay, golly, refresh, hit, hit the refresh, do something, hit the refresh button in your life, okay? Um, because, because we would say stuff like, um, happiness doesn't matter, it's all about joy. Can I introduce, speaking of happy and, happiness and joy, can I introduce my wife Sandy to you? Sandy's here. We have three kids. I don't think about those kids very much because I have a grandbaby now, and her name's Charleston Jane, and she's just over six months old. She's starting to crawl. I, do we call it crawling? And I think she said, uh, whatever she's going to call me, she said. So I think that's her first word. Um, but, but, but as Christians, you guys that were Christians in the, in, in church folk in the 80s, okay, um, there were things like, man, happiness doesn't matter. That's our flesh. That's carnal. It's joy. Except the word says, happy are those whose God is the Lord. And, and we got to be this weird club of unhappy people. And it's like, oh my gosh. You know, I mean, it, it's funny because during that time, we, um, we had some transition times in our ministry. We went from California to Tulsa and, and we, we got it. But during that time, um, when we were kind of wrestling with the vision God gave us for our lives and starting a church for people that didn't like church, um, well, it was we I, I traveled and preached, and we had a conversion van, and you know we had kids, and I've never seen the 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 book the the movie um, Jungle Book, not the new one that just came out. I think there's a new one. The, the, the animated one, was it animated? I don't know, I, but I know it word for word. I know it verbatim because I would drive and my kids would watch Jungle Book like 50 times in a row. And I'd be driving thinking, oh my gosh, and I'm like this with that snake. And, it, and it's, but, um, but through, the, through that time, it's, it's interesting because, man, God was developing things in me. And, and, and I realized happy, happy matters. Happy churches great church. Happy are those whose God is the Lord, okay? But other, th other words like luck. Some say, oh man, you were really lucky there. People say, no, I don't believe in luck. You know, they would snap at you. You know, 1980s Christians, some of you guys even did it. And you were like, no, we, we don't believe in luck. How many of you guys have ever heard anybody here, a Christian, say they didn't believe in luck? Can I see your hands? Well, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you about getting lucky, all right? Because because what luck is, and I heard this definition, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm into luck now. It's where preparation meets opportunity. See, and, and there's so much opportunity that God gives us because he's a loving God. And what we know of God, why isn't our life different than it is right now? Why aren't things better? Why aren't things progressed? Why aren't things, why aren't things, why, like, like you're thinking about this guy here, there's a, there could be, there just, he thinks there's a church in him. And, they're, and he's, he, he's gone from 23 years old to 22 years old. So miracles do happen, okay? We're, we're believing God for miracles. This guy's getting young. He might be like six years old when the, church, when the service is over. The, the people who were in church, Sandy, in the 80s aren't laughing right now. They are so disgusted with me. They're like, he's going to preach about luck. Why did he even come? I need to go to the Shoney's. Well, it, there aren't even any Shoney's anymore. It's so long ago that your doctrine was developed. But, but, um, but I'm thinking about the opportunity God has for us, and I think that we miss so much of it, maybe most of it, if not all of it, because we're not prepared for it. See, you're prepared to get in your car and drive home today. 
You're prepared to sit through this service today. You're prepared. Are you prepared for the opportunity that God has for you today? Because what God wants to do is God wants to do a new thing in you. Something you've never seen before. And let me tell you, we are, un- it's a change is awkward and uncomfortable. I get, I'm going to get up and, I'm, and I preach and, and it's like what, what, what I'm preaching toward the end goal is change lives, but people resist change. You don't like change, do you? You don't, no, I don't want, I don't want there to be change. It's, it's like, wait, I want to, I want to be who I am. I want to stay in my lane. And God wants to make you a better version of you. He's got something new and better for you. And it's good. It's going to require some change. And, and some things you're going to have to stop doing and let go of. See, and that's where it starts. We want, we want this new thing that God has for us. But in order to do that, we've got to provide place for that in our lives. And I don't know about you, but my life is full. I don't know what else I could add. I mean, there's just, it's, it just keeps snowballing. And so, and so I look at my life and I think, man, everything's snowballing, yet I've got to prepare place for more and for new and for, oh my gosh, how do I do it? Well, I've got to, I've got to let things go. There's some things in our life that they were good ideas and they were good things at a certain point, but they've run their course. You know, for every thing, there is a season. It doesn't say for every most, for, it doesn't say for, for most things, it doesn't say for a few things. The Bible says for everything, there's a season. Like, oh my goodness. I've got to be growing. I've got to be maturing. I've got to be developing. I like the 35-year-old Bill. He started a church. It, 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 man, it became an attractive venue in Tulsa. Great music. Man, just come as you are. There wasn't church like that. In, in 1992. And in December of 92, we started that church where you could dress the way you guys are dressed and, 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 and not be self-conscious, not think anybody's going to look at you. See, that was the mode of the ni- early 90s church was if you visited a church, pe- they made you stand up. Is there anybody here you're visiting here today? Can I see your hands? Like, sir, you, you, are, you are back there. You are, you are back. You, you, you two are there. Um, is there somebody back here? Okay. Um, can I ask you to stand? Is that super awkward? It's like, look, it's like, and you know what we'll all do? We'll all go, oh, look. It's like, what are we doing? Why would we want to single you out? And it's like, oh, well, how you doing? And you know what? And then people want to come up and hug you. And there's those awkward guys that want to go cheek to cheek. And it's like, what are you doing? These are guests in, in our home. Quit hugging people. But, but listen, it's the idea of this is we have to be prepared. In order to be de- prepared, we have to be developed. In order to be developed, we need a teacher. We need a coach. We need a mentor. We don't need, we don't need a, a, a mama. We don't need a nursemaid. We need a, a teacher. We need a mentor. We need a coach. If there's really a church in him, there's some things he's got to stop doing. And he may not be aware of it. Someone's got to tell him. 
And you know what? And the, 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 well, we need to be genteel with these guys, you know, because, because he's, he's a sensitive dude, aren't you? You're, you, you? And he bruises easily. Look, we got to be careful, man. He's like, no, you know what? We got to teach him to harden himself to difficulties. See, what he's doing is, is he is, 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 is coming into the equation of Matthew 16, 18, where Jesus said, look, I'm going to build my church. And see, I don't think that we, we really can visualize the facial expression that Jesus had when he said this. Because on the heels of him saying he'd build his church, he said the gates of Hades wouldn't prevail against it. See, so, so in his life right now, he's got all these obstacles and all this stuff that's around his life right now that's going to keep him from his destiny, that's going to keep him from his future, that's going to keep him from the legacy God's called for him to, 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 to create and to build and to leave on this earth in the kingdom. There's all this stuff. But what it does, it helps him deflect the things that... It helps him kind of maneuver and, and him keep control of his life where I've lost control of my life. It's like, I have to forgive people now. No, for real. I have to forgive people. I have to love the unlovely. My flesh right now is screaming, no, don't do that. Don't tear, take that page out of the Bible. There's so many pages in the Bible. Just tear that one out. No one's going to miss it. Avoid that one. Don't preach that one, Sheer. Man, don't preach forgiveness. Then you're going to have to forgive that guy that was an idiot 20 years ago that you just said, you know what? That makes me who I am. That's one of the vertebrae in my spine, that unforgiveness and bitterness I've got for him. And you know all that is? That's just keeping me from who God's called me to be. What God's called me to do. And there's a big work that God wants this place to do. Look at this room right now. Man, the atmosphere in this place that... Where's that plaid shirt guy that was singing that song? Did he leave? What did he just... He, is he here? Super awkward right now. Well, when he comes back, will someone tell me? Because I'm going to give him a dirty look. But, um, <laughs> but, but listen, it's, we get to a place where what does God want to do with us right now? See, if you could turn your Bibles to Ephesians. Did you guys bring your Bibles? Bring your Bibles. Take notes. God wants to develop you. Man, he's doing a good right now. Look, he's taking notes right now. See, why? Because God wants to develop him. God wants to do something in him. That, that the world has never seen, much less him see it. Okay? You guys still here? You cool? Yeah. I'm getting texts from all over the country, all these pastors saying, oh, sheer, what are you guys doing up in Tulsa? I've got to see it. It's like, you know. Okay. Ephesians 3, verse 8. To me who am less than the least of the saints. This is Paul saying, look, if I can do it, you can do it. Okay? This grace was given. You guys know what God's grace is? It's not his mercy. It's his power. It's his supernatural ability. It's his favor. Okay? That I should preach among the Gentiles, those without God, the unsearchable... <laughs> but sit down and be handy, okay? Um, the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery... 
which from the beginning of the ages has been... Are you guys reading what I'm reading? From the beginning of the ages, this has been hidden. So people have been unaware of it. People don't know about these riches that we're supposed to be preaching. And we're supposed to preach it to people that don't know and are without God. See, so, so it's like, this is, this is an impossible... Sir, this is an impossible task that, that God is levying toward your, your account and what, you're supposed, what he's supposed to be doing. But has God called you to ministry, sir, in the striped shirt? Is there a call in your life? Is there something God's got for you to do? Is there an incredible life that God has for you? Well, well this is one of those times when? When you're 40? When you're 50? No, it's not. You're, the, the age you are right now, you're in the developmental stage of your life right now. You're in that, you're in that place in life where God's going God's gonna to develop you. And I'll get back to you in a minute, okay, sir? Okay, good. So pay attention. Which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God. Okay, now listen. Who created all things through Jesus Christ. Jesus changed the game. We don't live by the Old Covenant anymore, by the Old Testament anymore. Jesus fulfilled the law, okay? The Gospels, the Old Covenant's a type and shadow of what's to come. The Gospels are a bridge to get us to this, the new and better covenant. Now listen. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. It doesn't say by, by the Bible study, by the study group by the small group, by, the, by the, me and my buddies, by my not-for-profit endeavors. By, not, it doesn't say that. It says by the church, what we're doing right here and right now. Amen. See, what God's doing right now is God, what's your name, sir? Jeremy, God's chipping the things that were Jeremy away right now to reveal God that's in you. Does that make sense? Because there's something, it, it, it may not, like 22 up here, it may not be a church that's in you, but something's in you. And what God wants to do is God wants to squeeze you and, figure, and you'll figure out what's in you. It's going to take a squeeze. The Bible says there's, there's two paths that we have to go. Okay? You've heard this before. One of them's wide and well-traveled. And you could take all your baggage, you could take all your stuff, you could take all your bad habits and your vices. You could even take your sin with you. And you know what? And you're going with a bunch of other people that are doing the same thing. And you're dragging all this baggage. You're dragging all this luggage. But you know what? Then there's another path. And this other path, Jeremy, is a squeeze. It's a narrow gate. You can't bring anything through it. You know your identity? You can't bring it. The things you love... You can't bring them. You've got to strip yourself of everything to get, listen, that's what he's going to have to do to fulfill God's purpose and the call that's on his life. We've got to get into the squeeze. You need to be coached. You need a teacher. You need a mentor. You need, you need, you need, you need, Jeremy, you need somebody chipping that stuff, just having that hammer and that chisel and just carving and just chipping and just 
Because that's what we are. We're, we're, we're clay in the potter's hand. We're on the potter's wheel. He's, he's forming us. He's, man, he's, he's adding more water. You're like, hey, stop it, man. I want to get off this wheel. I'm dizzy. Man, God's got, some, God's got so much for you to do in your life. And the Bible says you've never seen it and you've never even thought about it. It's so weird. How old are you, sir? 51. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? God wants to do a new thing in you. What if instead of him, you were sitting on that stage right now? It's new. God wants to do something new. There's a lot of days I don't like being, are there days you don't want to have to be Pastor Sandy? You just want to go, man, I just don't, man, we, we go out to eat. And somebody will come and say, man, can we talk to you for a minute? It's like, my food just got here. Man, we were on television for 12 or 15 years, and our, our middle daughter is pregnant now. Let me just tell you, those... Those kids of yours start giving you grandbabies, you, you, you experience the heart of God. Because see, God loves you, right? But you start re reproducing other people that love him. Oh. Because see, that's ministry. That's what God's about. And see, and, and we, we look at our lives that to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. It's not by TV preachers. It's not by, it's by the church. People are going to look at you. That middle daughter of mine, when she was little, we were on television, we were eating in an on-the-border restaurant. We're sitting right in the middle of the restaurant, and she looked, and her food just got there, and she said, Daddy, can we go home? I said, what do you mean, can we go home? Our food just got here. I'm hungry. You know, I was that dad that my son, who's 30 now, would have to go to the bathroom, and he'd have to tell his mama, Mama, please, don't let Daddy eat my food while I'm gone. <laughs> I'm not kidding, am I, Sandy? But she'd say, Daddy, can we go home? I'd say, what do you mean, can we go home? She goes, yeah, everyone's looking at us. See, that's, our, that's your life in ministry. See, you're going to look at, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Huh? It's like, it's like this is the real deal. People are going to look at you. They're gonna, they're, and they're going to look at you, and they're going to think, huh, why are you looking at me? Well, you have unusual hair, number one. But number two... Because you're sitting up on that stage and you think there might be a church in you. Well, let's see. So you're going to look at him critically now. He's going to be pulled, a cop's going to pull him over because he's speeding and you're going to be driving by and you're going to go, oh yeah, what kind of church are you going to have? You can't even drive the speed limit. You know what I mean? You know how you do when you get judgmental and critical? That's what's going to happen and that's going to be his life now. See, but God wants to do something new. But listen here, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through, through faith in him. Now turn in your Bibles to Romans 8. Romans 8. And, and, and Jeremy and uh, Orange Shirt Guy, we'll go back to putting the pressure back on you guys, okay? A little bit of pressure. It's not going to be too much, okay? You, you, there, there's a bunch of churches around. You can find a new church if it bothers you too much, okay? So... so so, so, but here's, but listen to this, Romans 8, 18, Paul wrote, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time 
Okay, now wait a second. We're talking about beatings and imprisonment and chastisement and ridicule. This is what this is his future. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. See, we're thinking the world is waiting for a new president. We're thinking the world is waiting for an upturn in the economy. We're thinking that the world is is waiting on peace in the Middle East. We're thinking the world is waiting on a solution for ISIS. But that's not what the Bible says. That's not what the truth is. That might be the facts. I don't give, I I don't care who the next president is. It's not going to change what I preach. It's not going to change what I live. It's not going to change what I believe. It's not going to change where my footing is. See, but, but wait a second. But what's the world waiting on? If they're not waiting on a new president, if they're not really waiting on a new economy, if they're not waiting on world peace, you know what they're waiting on? The very next verse, verse 19 says, they're waiting on, on, on the sons of God to be revealed. It doesn't say they're waiting on the son of God to be, re- be revealed. They're wait- the world's waiting on that joker with the striped shirt to be revealed. They're waiting on you. There's no hope out there. Is there any hope at all for this next election? Is there any hope at all for undocumented immigrants? Is there any hope at all for, for fatherless children? Is there any hope at all for a mama with babies and a little bit of government help? Is there any hope in that at all? Here's the hope. They're waiting on him to be revealed. They're waiting on him to be revealed. They're waiting on... on, on uh, uh, Jer- Jeremy, they're waiting on you to be revealed. And you might say, I don't want this responsibility. Then don't take it. A lot of people don't. Jesus in John, the sixth chapter, man, he preached the kingdom. And you know what? People started leaving. John six sixty six, which is an interesting collection of numbers, says many turned and walked with him no more. And he turned to Peter. He said, are you going to be next? No, for real, you you going to go next? Because you got your feelings hurt. That preacher wasn't as sweet as he, you thought a preacher should be. And he, was, he was a little too, he got off the stage, and he was direct. He looked me in the eye, and he was direct with me. See, that's how, that's how this gospel works. That's why, that's why you can say, well, I'm going to go to church. I'm just, I don't need to go. I can watch it on my phone. No, you can't. You're not, you've never seen anything on your phone that is impacting your heart like this moment right now. Have you, Jeremy? This is a game changer. Now you're going to have to deal with it. That boy sitting up there watches his, looks at his phone all the time. Nothing has impacted his life like him having to sit on that stage and sit up and pay attention and, 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 and be isolated. See, we look at it. This is where preparation meets opportunity. You know what revival is? It's opportunity. You know how you miss it? You're not prepared for it. Remember in the Old Testament, the Bible says, and this is a type of shadow of what you're dealing with right now. Man, there was an earthquake and God wasn't in it. And there was a mighty rushing wind and God wasn't in it. And there was a fire and God wasn't in it. And then there was a still, small voice. You know, that thing you can't get away from, the thing you can't run from, the thing you can't drink your way out of. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't get away from it. This guy right here is never going to be the same from last night and today. You know why he opened his mouth? I think, I think there's a church in me. I don't care where it is. 
God's ready to back his play. It might be two years, it might be five years, it might be ten years. I don't think it will be. I think it'll be a new thing. I think it'll be quick. I think he's going to have a suddenly that's going to happen. And you and I are going to have to deal with, how does a 22-year-old kid navigate that? That's not my problem. I'm not the one that called him. I just asked him a question. I didn't ask anybody else in the, in the room that question. I asked him a question. Is there a church in you? And you know what he said? I think so. You know why? He's not developed enough to say yes yet. But what's the world waiting on? The world's waiting on the sons of God to be revealed. My generation didn't do it. People are still weighing the, the, the mere validity of church. People are, people are still saying, well, you know, I'm not sure church is that big. It's not that important. I'm not into, here's what I hear people say. I'm not into corporate church. Does this look like corporate church to you? No, because we have a, we have a meeting time because we have a service order. Well, you have a service order. So when are you going to let the, when, when are you going to allow the Holy Spirit to move? Please, please, please. Let's, let's leave the eighties in the eighties. We're smarter now. We just have to be developed now. We just have to get prepared now. See, God uses guys like you. The 80s church doesn't. God does. God looks on the inside. Man looks on the outside. See, we're trying to reach men, so I want to think, well, I want to dress for the common man. I'm trying to reach regular people. Maybe people that the builders have rejected. Remember that one? I want to, you've been rejected. I want, to, I want to speak to where you know that you're not going to be rejected here. Not. There's, 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 a, there's a few rules here. There's a few boundaries here. You treat people the way you want to be treated. You don't lie. You don't cheat on your wife. We don't do that here. You say, well, they didn't really accept me. Well, you got some character flaws then. Well, they wanted me to be somebody I wasn't. I know. <laughs> That's the whole idea of being born again and changed lives and me dying to myself. Well, I've got to be me. Um, can we get you out of the way <laughs> so that God can work in your behalf? Because I'm talking about opportunity here. I'm talking about, I'm talking about having gaining, receiving, grabbing a hold of, apprehending opportunity. The Bible says, I hasn't seen or heard nor has entered into the heart of man the great things that God has for those who simply walk uprightly. God, don't deny him in the marketplace. Man, Peter, Peter gets up there at the Last Supper. You guys ever heard of the Last Supper? You know, this is my, this is my, blood, this is my body. This, this is a cup of the covenant. And we all do that. The, the, biggest, the biggest thing that Jesus said there that we miss out on is he says, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. See, we don't talk that way, Stripe Guy. We don't talk that guy. The way we say it is, hey, don't forget me. It's going to be hard for you to forget me now, huh? And that's all Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, look, don't forget me. And you know why? Because he said, one of you guys is going to betray me. And Peter's sitting there, and Peter's like, probably how I would, if Jesus said, hey, don't betray me, don't be the one who betrays me, or one of you betrays me, I'm thinking, oh, dear God, i got a guilt conscience already. I haven't done it, but I'm thinking I could be that guy. 
I could betray him. <laughs> I've, got that, I've got that in me. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, I've got a track record. I don't know if you knew that or not. I have a history. I wasn't always this eloquent, perfect specimen of Christianity. <laughs> but he said, one of you is going to betray me. And Peter goes, oh, dear God, Jesus, please tell me it's not me. Please tell me it's not me. He said, no, no, you're not going to betray me. You're just going to deny me three times in the marketplace for the rooster crows. And, and I think he wanted to go, oh, good. But he couldn't. He's like, I'm going to do what? There's no way I'm going to do that. And then he said, no, the one who dips. And here's Judas at the end of the table, and he's just enjoying an appetizer. He's just dipping his bread in, in his cup, and he's just over there, just, he's just eating. He said, it's the one who dips. He's like, See, we just have to understand that, that this, this life, for him to fulfill God's purpose in his life, he's got to become a leader. For him to become a leader, he's got to step up, step out, and die. See, it's appointed in a man wants to die. So you can wait till you die. That's a bad, that's a bad plan. Or you can do it on your terms. I'm going to say, I'm going to die to this. I'm going to die to live in a lie. I'm going to die to being self-conscious. I'm going to die to being insecure. Anybody in here, and this is, this is where things start to get awkward in my meetings, but is there anybody in here, you deal with insecurity at a pretty significant level? Can I see your hands? That, which is amazing because evidently you have the ability to overcome it because you're raising your hand saying, hey, I'm pretty significantly in insecure. I'll just tell you, my makeup, I'm pretty insecure. Raise your hand again, okay? If you're, if you're wave to me like this, if you're significantly in insecure, see, that's how easy it is. You identify it, so now you know what you leave? You leave your insecurity here. You come and say, hey, listen, listen, I'm leaving my insecurity here because I'm not really built. Was, were you insecure, ma'am? Who, who raised her hand? Did she raise her you're not built to carry that insecurity. It's not healthy for you. Like there's, there's probably sickness or depression or, or headaches or, 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 or backaches or something that have been in your life just because you've, you're housing this thing you're not equipped to carry. So you got you to gotta give that up. You got to give that to God. Do you understand how much room you're giving God in your life if you give up your insecurity? What part, what part of you, what's the percentage of you that's, that, that's insecure? Oh, that's a lot. You're going to get, you're going to give God, all, if, if all of your life is insecure, you're going to give God so much room. And you know what God's going to give you? you we're sitting there wondering, huh, I wonder what God's going to give. Because you know what? You never know what God's going to do. Bull. We know exactly what God's going to do. You know what God's going to do? God's going to pour so much love into her life, so much forgiveness, so much joy, so much peace, so much, so much healing, so much into her life. Let me just tell you what's going to happen. God's going to forgive her being so selfishly insecure that what he's, what's going to happen, she's going to get so much of God that she's going to leave this service and there's going to be lame people and blind people and deaf people that you're merely going to walk by them and the shadow you cast is going to bring healing in their body. But see, we don't look at insecurity as being, as being this selfish thing that we have, but it's so selfish to be insecure. 
Well, I wonder what they think of me. They're not thinking of you. I realize I'm not that big a deal. People are not thinking of me right now. Well, I wonder what they're saying when we're not. We're not. Man, there's, there's so many times I'll tell you, my, Sandy works, she operates in a discernment. That's a spiritual gifting. It's one of the nine spiritual gifts, but it is invaluable to me. We can walk in a room, we can sit down with a couple. They'll get up and they'll go do something and Sandy will say, you know, they, they've, uh, they've talked about us. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's cool, that's easy. It's not insecure, there's a discernment there. See, that's what's going to happen in her life. See, instead of that, that knowing hitting her flesh, that knowing is going to hit her inner man, her spirit. Does that make sense to you? See, so now what's going to happen? It's like, oh, okay, good. Now I'm forewarned so I can be forearmed. See, if, they, if, if, if you try to operate in the flesh, which is all insecurity is, you lose. You, you sow to the flesh, the Bible says you reap corruption. You sow to the spirit, you reap life and peace. Does that make sense? See, so, so now you don't have the right anymore to be insecure. Because today, you're going to give that to God. You say, God, I'm going to give you, here, just say, God, I give you my insecurity. Here, I'll just, here, can I get comfortable so we'll just wait on you a minute, okay? No, that, no, you don't have to be sorry. I know. I don't care. I want you to be free. That make, see, well, this, you know what this is? This isn't mean. This is mentoring. This is teaching. This is coaching. I don't care about all these people here. I care about you. I care that you're free today. I, no, I'm not playing. I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing, I care that you fulfill God's purpose in your life. I care that you marry the right person and fulfill God's purpose. That's it. That's all I care. So did you marry the right person? No, I, 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 good. Okay, that's checked off. One of the boxes is checked. Now there's only one other box, fulfill God's purpose. So you know what the Lord spoke to me this morning? I was in the shower. The Lord spoke to me and said, put him up on the stage and put him in his chair. And I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to do that? That's going to be awkward. It's going to be weird. Why is he going to be up there? I don't know. I'm just being obedient. So you know what? I'm not going to be insecure, and I'm not going to worry about what he thinks of me. And I'm not going to think, okay, we're starting a trend. We're putting people over the stage now to sit up there. I'm not, I'm not doing any of that. I'm just doing what God told me to do. And then what's going to happen? I don't know, but it's going to be something great. So all I need you to do is all I need you to do is say this. I don't care how hard it is. I just need you to say, God, I give you my insecurities. Yeah. Say that all day. You hear what I'm saying? See, you got to shake this off. You got to break this in your life. You got to take an axe and you got, you can't play. See, your insecurity is going to keep you from fulfilling God's, from even experiencing God. See, I'm picking on you, but there were probably a hundred people in there that raised their hands. You just happen to be handy. <laughs> right? So we're just real. You have, let, let, me, let me explain. Can I, what's your name? What is it? Does, Kayla, does she have anything to be insecure about, Sandy? Look, she's beautiful. She's amazing. She's sitting in the front row of church. She's, she's, she's not... She's manning up more than most of the men in the room can. You know what I mean? We want to go, hey, man up. Hey, we're part of Fight Club. And most of the men in the room can't do what she's done. 
Like we'd be going, hey, you quit looking at me like, hey, hey, get off my insecurity. How about that, huh? Huh? I flick bigger boogers than you, okay? So, so why don't you quit messing with me? Why don't you, what do you think you are talking about, Mike? What, you think I got insecurities? I bet you got insecurities. I'll show you. Let's go outside. I'll show you insecurities. That's what guys will do. And you know what that is? It's, it's their, their masculinity just deflecting everything. You know what she did? She, she took it right in the forehead. And for this minor suffering, she's, re- she's going to reap an eternal weight of glory. And there's going to be sisters in this room that aren't going to let you be insecure anymore because you're not. You know why? You gave it to God, remember? It's just been a couple minutes ago. You got a good memory, don't you? Do you, do you, ha- do you carry that insecurity anymore? It's yes or no, right? I just, I just want a yes or no answer, all right? Because I'm getting to you at the end of the, at the very end of the service. You'll know the service is over when I ask him a question, okay? And it's going to work. It's going to be awesome because the pressure is going to come off of you and come back. Hey, Jeremy, you good with the pressure being on him for a little while? Do you need to put your, pull your chair up here too, Jeremy? Huh? I, I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're welcome to if you want to, because you got a very cool vibe working. You know what I mean? I mean, it's somehow the, the stars aligned, and you became trendy. <laughs> Is that awesome? <laughs> it's so cool. I mean, if you, you know Jeremy? No, look at him. That, he looks like a Spiegel model now. Yeah. Remember the Spiegel catalogs? Yeah, he looks like a Spiegel model. Like there's guys in Madison Avenue that are trying to dress like him. Preachers all over the country. Now, where were we? Okay, are, are you insecure? No. Good answer. Because remember, because remember like 20 minutes ago, I asked her, I said, how much of you uh, is your insecurity? And you said, um, all of me. And now I just ask her, are you insecure? And she said this, no. <laughs> Did I do a good impression? Huh? Okay, so, so I'm going to breathe a minute, okay? <laughs> her metabolism right now is burning like thousands of calories. This is actually healthy for her, all right? Okay, so I'm going to ask you one more time, and I just want you to answer me, Okay? like a real secure person would, okay? Um, Are you insecure? No. She eats good the fruit that comes out of her mouth. See, that's how we do it. She might have to do that for a couple days or a week, but who? how long have you been insecure? Since you were a little kid. How old are you now? Yeah, she's not a little kid anymore. It's time for her to lay hold of that which is laid hold of her. The church doesn't produce insecure people. The church produces leaders and champions. See, all this is, let me just tell you, what's your name, ma'am? Sheila, all this is, is leadership development. She's not where she was when she walked in here. It was a little awkward, wasn't it? Huh? It was painful a little bit, huh? People are looking at you right now. When you leave here today, you're going to have increased popularity, and you're going to have to deal with that, all right? But you're free now. 
It's all about preparation. God's the God of opportunity. We don't have to be opportunists. We just have to be prepared. You've missed out on so much because you just weren't prepared for it. Why would that happen for me? That happens for other people. I've never won anything in my life. I've never won the lottery. How did, this isn't the lottery. This isn't the casino of God. This is the casa of God. You walk in the door, you get everything that's his. Those who are planted or transplanted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. You want to flourish, son? Do you really? There's a price you pay for that. The sim- similarly to Kaylin, you've got to give some things up to make room. It may not be all of you, but it may be. Hers was all of you, right? So now she's coming in, and she's saying, what, what's happened is, is that her, her house has been swept clean. So now if we leave it that way, the enemy's going to come back seven times stronger. But we can't. You know why? You're here. You're going to make sure she's full. She, all she needs is this. You ready? A teacher, a mentor, a coach. That's all she needs. That's all she needs. Just somebody that takes an interest. Somebody that says, okay, here, I'll, here, sheer, I'll take it from here. I'm going to make sure. And, and, and see, and that's how this works. Now, God, I thank you that you fill her up from the top of her head to the soles of her feet with every great thing that you're about. God, I thank you now that her house has been swept clean, but today it's been filled with you. God, I thank you that enemy has no dominion. Devil, we command you to dry place, to seek rest, and to find none in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's on her life. Yoke breaking, burden lifting. God, I thank you for brand new life, the new thing that you're doing in her life. In Jesus' name. If you're here today and there's things in your life that you know you have to let go of, you know that, and and let me just tell you, all this is is preparation. Man, there's things in your life, might be unforgiveness, might be bitterness, you might not even know Jesus from a hole in the wall. You might have bumped into him at the mall once or twice, but you know what? You don't know him through and through intimately. See, that has to happen. Man, it might be liquor, it might be drugs, it might be porn, it might be whatever. I'm just telling you, those are just details. It's no more difficult than a 24-year-old girl on the front row of this church telling everybody in this room that, that her insecurity is, has filled her life. I'm proud of her. More than that, God's proud of her. But see, this is what this church produces. This church is about leadership development. And then you know what? leadership deployment to change the world a leader can't do it a team of leaders can do it yeah but man i got curly hair or i'm a girl or i'm eccentric (laughs) or or i'm old or i'm young or i'm i don't know how old i am But if that's you, if there's something, you got to just let go of your life and leave it here today. Let God have it. I want you to stand right now wherever you are. And let me tell you, this is one of those general kind of calls that it's like, well, everybody could be standing. I don't care. All I care, there's a, there's a, a divine connection between you and I in there. You're never going to forget this weekend, are you? No, but now you got to do something with it. So here's what you do, son. 
you, you have to prepare yourself because opportunity is going to come. Now listen, don't think of it in terms of dollar signs. Think of it in terms of development. See, the foremost thing on your mind has to be development. I got to be developed into the image of Christ. Jesus has to become the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm being developed. You have to be developed. See, and you get to the po a point where it's like it's easy for a 24-year-old kid to say, I need to be developed. A 58-year-old guy, man, ma'am, for, for you to say, man, I want to be developed, man, that's special. But see, you got to let that go. What is it? Is it, is it insecurity? Is it unforgiveness? Is it a bad habit? Is, I'm not even going to qualify them as addictions. I'm not giving the devil that. It's just a bad habit. Man, you know, what's, you know what's amazing? I think most everybody in here for the last hour hasn't sinned. So evidently you can overcome this. <laughs> Does that make sense? See, so, so if there's, if, what that is in your life, you've just got to say, here's how simple it is. And, and if you're bold enough, you just call it by name when you do this. But just, just like her, she said, I'm not insecure anymore. So you might have to say, I'm not bitter anymore. You might say, I'm not an alcoholic anymore. You might say, I'm not consumed with rage and, 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 and anger anymore. I, I don't know what it is. I know what mine is. And you know what I want to do? I want to take it and I want to, I want to give it to God so that God can fill me up with something incredible. Where my cup overflows. Where goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. That I live in his house forever. I'm not homeless anymore. And then you know what you do? You start reproducing grandchildren for God. And God loves you so much. I can't remember a thing I had to deal with negatively with my son. You know why? He gave me a grandbaby. I'm thinking about it right now. You might think I'm looking at you and thinking about you. I'm not. She's got like six rolls on her arm. It's awesome. Every time she sees me, like on the phone, she's like, I'm to FaceTime right now. I want to right now. I can't stand it. That's how God is with you. The Bible says he's constantly mindful of you, the apple of his eye. So get over yourself. Get, 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 get over yourself. You're, are you insecure? Huh? Are you sure? You're a work in progress, right? Me too. Are you insecure? No. Don't overthink it. No's the right answer. You know what I'm saying? Are you insecure? Are you sure you're not? You just got to get sure. Yeah, but I'm not giving you a way out. Do you understand that? I'm not one of those nice preachers. That's Tom's job. You laugh because you know better than that, huh? You're you have to be secure in him. God, I just thank you this, for this opportunity we have today to give the things up that have been toxic in our lives, that have been, been unhealthy in our lives. Now, God, I thank you that as each of these people who are standing, God, as, as they decide to turn this over to you, to give it to you, God, I thank you that you take it and you throw it as far as the east is from the west into the sea of forgetfulness. 
And God, I thank you for a new freedom in this church, the new freedom with these people. God, I thank you for a refreshing. But when that, ref that refreshing requires repentance. And God, we repent today of the issues that we're standing about. And God, we're not wasting another minute with them. God, we give them to you right now. Now, whatever it is, just call it by name and say, God, I give you this. I give it to you now in the name of Jesus. Say that. God, I give it to you now. God, I give it to you now. God, take it from me. Now, God, I thank you right now for a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit for every person in this place. God, that they don't leave here the way they came in. God, I just thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives. God, that, this, that, that we won't, this church won't, this community won't, this society won't be the same, God, because of the breakthrough that's happened in our lives today, in Jesus' name. Now, before I go, I'm just, I wanted to ask him one question in front of all you guys. Is there a church in you? Yeah. I'm done. Hallelujah. Hey, while we're still standing, just close your eyes for just a minute. There, there are people, you need to take a step towards God today. You need to make a, a consecration of your life. And, and you need to do it now. And, I, and I'm not asking you, have you ever prayed the sinner's prayer? Maybe you've prayed that a hundred times. Maybe you've never even heard what it is. But you know that today, I, I need to consecrate my life. I need to dedicate myself to Jesus. I need to get real with God so God can get real with me. And, and uh, we're all going to pray a prayer together. But, but if you're here today and you know that, you know what, it's decision time for me. It's decision time. I need to take this to a level like it's never been before. And, and uh, I'm going to make this prayer. I'm going to make it my prayer. If that's you, I just want you to hold your hand up. Just hold it up really high. Hold it up. Thank you. 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 It's awesome. Uh, what I want you guys to do, you guys that are serious, uh, what I want you to do is step out and come meet me right here. Just come, come on, give them a hand as they come. Just step out and come. They'll make a consecration of your life. I know, it's, I know it's hard, but if you can't do it in here, you're never going to stand up for him out there. So, yeah. It's awesome. I was telling, I was telling Shelby, uh, I was telling Shelby, it's, so, it's been so crazy uh, over the past two or three weeks, you know, that as, as people come and respond, it's amazing how young they are. Church, you see the, see the people that, that are wanting God to move in their life in a way. That, see, we're going to have revival, but we're in revival. I just, want, I just want you to reach your hands out towards these guys. and just. But everybody in the place, just pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, just pray this, guys. I give you my life to use for your purpose. Thank you for saving me. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Every day of my life. You know, the purpose that God has for you is huge. And the past that you're trying to walk out of, you know, it seems so big. 
It's going to be a moment that you won't even remember most of that. Man, God's got a plan for you. And hell has a strategy to try to suck you back in there. So there's people that you're going to need to distance yourself from. And there's people you're going to need to connect yourself to. The Bible says don't live as the unwise, but live as the wise. So you have to ask yourself, well, what would wisdom do? And it, that needs to start like now. What would wisdom do? And then do that. <laughs> don't just know what wisdom would do and then do what you want. Do what wisdom would do. Because the future God has for you, you, you know, uh, I think there's probably a church or two in you. There's something awesome in you. There's something awesome in you. We just need to finish this prayer. So thank you for saving me, God. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for hope and vision, healing, restoration. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, just shout. Give the Lord praise. Guys, we love you guys. So awesome. So awesome. Come on, somebody shout, I'm free. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do today. Uh, and, and, you know, just mark the calendar. Hey, Wednesday, by the way, this is coming Wednesday, right? It's first Wednesday. And, and uh, uh, let's be here and, let, and let's, let's just embrace the presence of God and let's press in and, and uh, uh, let's, let's sow to the Spirit. Right? He quoted a verse just a little while ago, and it's just ringing to me, that if you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption or death. If you sow to the Spirit, you reap life everlasting. There's Zoe. You reap Zoe, God life, more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more healing than sickness. Let's sow, let's sow to the Spirit. Let's come, let's come out first Wednesday, and let's just wreak havoc on the devil. Amen? We're going to have a great time. Mark the calendar, 16th through the 20th. Bring people, and, and let's believe God, but let's, let, let's, let's, let's get ready to, to, to set ourselves apart. You know what I think God's calling us to? And, and this will sound crazy. This will sound crazy. But I think God's calling you to, to a holy life. See, I, I think God's calling you to a holy life because he, he said, I want you to be like me. And he's holy. And, and, and he's, he's going to use you in ways that are going to blow your mind. I mean, it's going to blow your mind. God has, God, God's desire is, uh, you, you know, that story of the little donkey, you know, hey, go untie that donkey. And, and when they say, you know, what are you doing? Just tell them, I, I need them. And I just think that we have a room full of donkeys. And Jesus needs us. It, that the Lord has need of thee. That the Lord has need in order to fulfill his purpose and his plan for our, for our, for our cities, for our region, for, for the Columbia Basin, that he needs us. And he needs to get us untied, right? He, he needs to get us untied and get us free. And that's what we're going to be pressing into. And we're going to find that freedom. Amen? Amen. So, so in honor of that and in preparation of that, buy somebody an ice cream cone today. It's really good. Visitors, you get, you get to go first. And uh, guys, uh, give somebody a high five. Tell them I love doing church with you.